Welcome back, everyone. My name is TA, and you're listening to The Recourse Podcast. Today's episode is something very special. Uh, Our church hosts a women's brunch every year, always at the very beginning of December. It's an amazing way to kick off the holiday season. We have tables set up with wedding china or Christmas china. There's vendors. There's just Christmas decorations everywhere. And it's such a special way for um, women in our church to come together and start celebrating. There's always a speaker each year. And this year, I had the honor of being able to record a live podcast. And that's what you're about to listen to. My guest was Erica Rigignati. She's actually one of our pastor's daughters, and she's going to share about how her mother passed away when she was very little and how that impacted her life today. And you guys, again, this was super special, not only to be able to do it live, um, but to be able to be in this community of women at my church. And so I really hope you enjoy and are inspired by this. We're going to call this a part one. We are going to do a second episode because this is kind of a quick overview of Erica's story. Next week, we're going to have another episode that really dives into the depth of her story. But if you're looking for just a short, quick podcast, this is the episode for you. I hope you guys are blessed by this conversation and enjoy. All right. I'm going to introduce you to our speaker, T.A. Flatland, and her family have been attending a river of life for the past 10 years. T.A. was a teacher in the public education system for about 15 years. She left education a year or so ago to focus on her family. And through the Lord's leading, she started a podcast called Recourse. Recourse means help in troubled situations. You can see the word recourse as a way to actually recoursing your life and sharing stories of how life has changed you in ways that you weren't expecting. Today, we have the pleasure of listening to one of those kinds of conversations with T.A., and I'll let her explain the rest. Well, thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. (laughs) Oh, she got a hug, too. If you know me, I'm not a hugger, so there you go. (laughs) Lucky duck. (laughs) Um, Well, first, before we get started this morning, I did want to quickly say thank you. Um, This year has been just incredible journey, leaving education and starting this podcast. And honestly, I wouldn't even be in this room if it weren't for so many women in this very room that took the time to speak on the podcast. Some of you came to my home and shared your stories. Some of you have been diligently listening to a lot of the episodes. Some of you have just even dipped into one or two episodes because you knew somebody. That means the world to me. And I just have to say thank you for allowing me even to be here today to do something slightly out of the ordinary. We've never done this in this way during this brunch, so I'm really excited to do that, so thank you very much. Um, In order for us to have this conversation, um, I'm going to be inviting a good friend, Erica Rigonati. If you're not from River of Life, that name might not sound familiar to you, but if you are a River of Life um, attendee, she is the youngest daughter of Pastor Dave and his first wife, Debbie. They became pregnant with her in 1994, and it was very soon after that pregnancy started that Debbie found out she was diagnosed with stage three cancer. And I'm sure through lots of prayer and consideration, um, Dave and Debbie decided very quickly to hold off on any treatment for Debbie and to go through with that pregnancy. Lovely Erica was born on July 8th in 1995, but unfortunately, Um, Debbie was called home to be with the Lord about five months later. And again, I give you that background because it will give us a platform to be able to have this conversation. So without further ado, I'm going to invite my friend Erica to join me here on stage. 
All right. Well, thanks for being here, friend. <laughs> How are you feeling? I feel okay. <laughs> it's a lot of faces out there. Yes, there. <laughs> this is new for me. So I'm used to doing this at home in my library with just one yeah, other person. Yeah, I know. So this is a little really bit, nice. a little bit different <laughs> for me, but it's good. Um, I want to ask right away because one of the first questions I am sure people have is, how does it feel to be knowing that everybody knows that about you <laughs> from day one? Like they know your story. Yeah. So I. I you know, you kind of touched on it when with the intro, but definitely growing up, you know, everyone knew the story. They knew our family. A lot of, you know, everyone who attended this church knew her personally. Um, they were pr all praying for for the healing and stuff. And so what's cool for me is, is whether you still attend the church or not, like those same people have seen me like grow up. And I feel just like honored to like be that person, I guess, to like, I'm, I'm here and like, I'm a I'm a result of like her decision um, and her choice to give me life. So I feel like grateful for that. Um, yeah. Did you know growing up that story, was there a moment when somebody finally sat you down and said, let me tell you about your mom? There was never a moment. It was always, you know, open conversation, I guess. Um, and I think mostly because it's like, you, why hide that? You know, I think what she did was, was crazy. I mean, I mean, she, she lost her life to give me life. And so that's not something even you'd want, I think, to hide from your kids. Or I think both my parents agreed, you know, like it, it, this should be talked about and, and kind of what she did is praiseworthy. And so, yeah, there's no reason to hide it. Yeah. Is there a good story that you can share with us that people have shared with you about your mom? Like any like really good memories or really good, oh like gosh. funny stories about her or something in that realm? I mean, I feel like there's just a general theme of, of when I hear stories about my mom and just of how, like, I just constantly, like, how amazing and, and godly and, like, she loved us kids, which is, I feel like that's a common theme, you know, how much she cared about us kids and, like, truly loved us and valued us. And and so, yeah, I don't, I can't think of, like, a specific story. So that's okay. But, yeah, she seemed great, so. No, that's great. And one <laughs> thing we need to chat about, because your dad didn't stay single, and when your mom, um, Debbie, passed away, there was five kids under the, mm. or sorry, three kids under the age of five, mm. but he didn't stay single long, so tell me and help um, identify for people when you say mom who we're talking about. <laughs> yes, okay, so my mom passed away when I was five months old, um, and my sister was two, my brother was four. When I was about two, um, my dad had remarried Anne, who I, by, like, I've always called her mom, but for the sake of this conversation, to make a little more sense, I'm just going to refer to her as Anne. So they got married. She had two daughters from a previous marriage, and she moved up from Florida to Minnesota. Crazy. Um, that cra that's a crazy <laughs> move. That's not, yeah. especially when it was sick this morning when we all drove in. That's not the best move. Yes. Um, and so I grew up in a blended family. Um, and I mean, I was so young when it happened, so I didn't, like, it felt, you know, I had a good childhood, you know, and family was good. And it, it wasn't really until middle school, I'd, I'd say, like, when I started to kind of struggle with the loss of my mom. Okay. So, because you also had your grandparents around during that side. So you kind of had a lot of influencers of yes. people who are helping raise you and, yes. and pour into you. Yes. So tell me a little bit about what middle school looked like then of when you started to maybe drift from that of, yeah, like you said, struggling, missing your mom. Yeah. So, so about, I'd say seventh grade, I just had like this longing to, to just like know her. Like, I think I struggled with that because I was so young when she died where, you know, everyone seemed to remember her and I just wanted that. Um, and so I just like wanted her to be here. Um, I, I didn't accept Anne like as my mom. I didn't want to, I didn't even try. Um, I couldn't understand like why my dad would remarry like 
after that, you know, like she was so great and stuff. How could you remarry? And this isn't my mom. So I was just like in this attitude of like, you're not my mom. I don't, I don't care about you type thing. And that led to just me being, I mean, treating her poorly and disrespectfully and, and just not wanting much to do with her. And I'll add to like personality wise, like I'm, I've grown a lot. Like, thankfully, I've matured a little bit, but growing up, I, I was always very, like, opinionated and, and headstrong, I guess, and, like, if I believe something, like, 100%, I believe it, and it's hard for me to think otherwise, so I think that really led to, like, I was just in my head, and, like, I knew I was right, um, where I don't think the other kids had that in them. <laughs> where was your faith at that point? Were you, because I'm assuming growing up in a faith-filled household, yeah. that normally kids fall into wherever their parents are. Yeah. Where were you at that point? I mean, I, you know, I attended church and I, I've always believed in God and and it was, like I, I read the word and was, was I would say I, I did have a relationship with the Lord, but I just, I just almost like pushed like my relationship with like my mom like or Anne under the rug. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> was it easy? I'm not used to the mic, sorry. <laughs> Do you feel like it was one of those situations where um, it just what the house was doing, so you just kind of fell into the fold of what the day in, day routine of we go on Sunday, we go on Wednesday, we do that, but it wasn't a personalized thing for you at that point? Uh, yes and no. Like like I said, I never like wavered in my faith. Like I never like thought like God can't be real because my mom did or anything. I think what she did kind of made me like, this has to be true almost because her value. Um, yeah. So where was the tipping point that you and Anne had some type of reconciliation? Yeah. So fast forward a little bit to um, high school. Um, junior year of high school, I went through a really, really hard breakup and it just, it got me really low and I'd never felt that way. And I never, I was quite depressed. Um, and also like I, I directly like thought of my mom too and and I would like say to myself like why would she like you know decide not to go through chemo and like she should be here I shouldn't like I don't know what my purpose is type thing I really struggled with my purpose and and thankfully I mean both my parents were there for me during that and I'm very thankful for both of them but specifically Anne during that time like was always coming up to me and just talking to me in my room and just praying over me and just like speaking words of like life over me and scripture and stuff and so that's when it kind of hit me. I was like, oh, like, she's actually, like, really great. Like, here I am. Don't always treat her, you know, the best. And, and I'm going through a hard time, and, like, she actually cares about me, and she's here for me. And so that was definitely, like, a turning point for our relationship. And I think I just, like, there comes a point also where, like, you just have to accept, like, like, I just had to accept, like, okay, like, my mom died, but, like, Anne is here now. And so, like, you just have to trust God that, like, God placed her in my life for a reason, and she is my mom. Like, it doesn't matter if she gave birth to me or not. Like, she was placed in my life for a reason. That's good. So I, like that. I think I just had, like, an attitude change. That's good. <laughs> Sometimes we need that. That's totally <laughs> fine. <laughs> yes. I was thinking about what you said, and I wanted to go in a little bit deeper about your mom really having said out loud to people, and you've heard this from other people, that she had a purpose for you, or felt like God really had a purpose for your life. Yeah. Was that encouraging to you or intimidating both more so encouraging though and and I think it was like I'm so thankful I, I always had people around me to like remind me of that almost like my dad especially um would talk to me a lot about it um and I had some really close friends of mine who grew up in the church and we were close through college and stuff and where like there's a specific time actually a moment in college where 
um, I was going through a rough time, and my I was at a Christian conference um, for a college ministry I was involved with, in, and, and my best friend was there, and it was a worship night, and she just came over to me and was like, can I pray for you? And I was like, yeah, please, <laughs> go for it. Um, and so she started praying for me, and like right away she just started praying about, like talking about my mom and like her sacrifice, and like your mom like lost her life so that you could have yours and like you have so much purpose and like God is gonna going to use you um, and your story for something and and he has a purpose for you and so I just like started crying because I was like how did she know you know but it's a total God thing and so I think just like going through college and like being surrounded by people in my life family and friends to like be there in times of trouble to like remind me of like you do have purpose and like you are so valued um yeah, it was. It kind of grew over time. I think for all of us to hear that, in a sense, that I think we all know that somewhat subconsciously, like God has a purpose for us. Yeah. But to have it so beautifully represented for you yes. physically by your mom and her saying that and having other people repeat that to you, that's got to be. Yes. Good. Yes, exactly. And I, I think it's like such a huge motivator. I think just for my life too. It's like. Like, I think about it, I'm like, okay, like, who am I to, like, live in, like, fear and just, like, anger and bitterness because of what had happened or whatever, when it's, like, I would not be here had it not been for her choice. So, it's, like, I have no excuse, um, but I do think it's it's a reflection, really, of, like, what Christ did for all of us, too. It's, like, he died on the cross so that we could all live in, e- in eternity with him, and so... So good, you just wrapped that up. <laughs> I love it. That was good. <laughs> Yeah, so I think she planned it. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> That's I like it. So I want to get to a different stage of your life. So I'm I'm glad to hear that there was reconciliation for you and Anne. Yeah. And now you've moved into a place where you found a handsome gentleman and yes, you have I did. gotten married. Um, and you have entered the stage of motherhood yourself. Yes. Tell us a really little bit cool. about that. I know you have a great story about what that meant when you found out you were pregnant. But let's go back to tell us more about that. About just, like, finding out I was pregnant? Yes, I love this. Okay, so I like to say, like, Colton, my husband, and I were not not trying. Um, so we were just kind of seeing what happened and woke up, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I just felt different, and I, I knew I was for sure pregnant. And I didn't tell my husband because I, I wanted to take a test and surprise him if I was. Um, I wasn't able to take a test until the next day, and so I was just, like, home all day thinking about it. And we go to bed that night, <laughs> Colton um, falls asleep, and I just, like, could not sleep. I was, like, up, I, was, like, had tears rolling down my face, which I don't cry much, so, like, this is a big deal. And I was just, like, in that moment, I just, like, felt like I, like, knew my mom for a split second, which was so special for me, because, like I said, like, I was so young, and, like, I always wanted to know her, and, like, all I had were, like, photos and, and videos and stuff, and so it was really cool, and I think it's just because I could, like, relate to her in that moment. And I was just, like, laying there, and I was like, I would not be pregnant, like, had it not been for her. And so it was just a really special moment for me. Yeah, I, I just can imagine that feeling that, and I know for motherhood, for those of us who have been blessed to be mothers, mm-hmm. you understand your parents in a whole new light. Oh, yeah. And even at that early stage, you do, you start thinking through what this means for yourself for your body, for your future, yeah. for all those plans, and to have that connection to your mom in yes. such a new way. Yes. And then your daughter was born. Yeah, so to add to it, so I was born on July 8th, 1995. Blake was born on July 8th, so she was born on my so birthday. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like that's just like God just, you I know, so, yes. had to put that in there. 
um, just as a good reminder, you know, it's like, and I can't wait till she's older too to be able to like tell her like the story and like you wouldn't be here if I wasn't here and I wouldn't be here, you know, if my mom, you know, didn't decide what she what she did. So, yeah, it was it's really cool. I think again, it changes your perspective of that sacrifice and those choices that your parents made at that time for you in that mm -hmm. you understand that this other human being now this and yes. they had been parents so they knew those things yes. going into this third pregnancy so i imagine that's eye opening in a way yes. nothing else can really explain that yeah no it was definitely a cool moment and yeah yes what other ways have you been impacted by motherhood i mean i respect and a lot more now. <laughs> um, yeah, I think all step parents <laughs> can be like, Phew, I totally get yeah, that. Yeah, I'm definitely have a lot more grace. I would say I don't, you know, judge as much. Maybe. Um, yeah, it's. I don't know. It's. It's definitely taught me though, just like the value of life. Like, oh my gosh, you know, it's like when you're pregnant. Like, I could feel. You know, you you can feel it. And and I felt her. You know, just moving in me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like you're literally creating a life. And like just thinking of like God plan this and, and God has a plan for this baby's life and um, yeah I don't know it's my perspective has changed a little bit right and having I just, a kid you actually have this uh, different perspective than most people yeah. um, one of the biggest questions that I wanted to get to and I get nervous about how much time we have left but I really wanted to talk to you about the legacy that you're leaving you grew up not knowing your mom in that way. Luckily for you, you've known your daughter now for quite a while. <laughs> you're not, yes. you know, you're still here with her. But there's got to be a thought that constantly is coming to you or thinking through of like, but if I wasn't here, how would yeah. she remember me or what would she know about me? Yeah, and I definitely think like, you know, especially when Blake hit the five-month point, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, you know, you just like, you just put yourself in those shoes and you're like, I cannot imagine like, leaving behind this baby and then plus two other kids and a husband. Um, but so I think a lot about that, just like milestones um, and just the legacy I want to leave behind her is that like, I mean, God forbid that I'm ever in that situation where I have to, you know, where God called me home and I have to leave behind my family and stuff. But I have thought about it and just making sure like, because I'm like both of my moms like have taught me so much, which is awesome like my my mom has taught me like just the value of life and I think of like Psalm 139 which I actually I don't want to botch it so no, I good. wrote it on my we phone and and I think like most of us know this verse but like if you just like sit and like think about it it's just crazy so I'm gonna read it um so Psalm 139 starting in verse 13 says for you created my inmost being you knit me together in my mother's womb I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know that full well. My firm was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book. And so verse 16, like, if you really think about it, it says your eyes saw my unformed body. So like, God, like, like before egg and sperm even met, like whether you're planned or not, like God planned you. Like he saw you and like, he had a plan for your life. And so, like, he orchestrated all that. Um, and so just just making sure, like, I want my daughter and hopefully our future kids, like, just to know, like, you are so valuable. And, like, God literally created you and planned you for this exact moment, and, and you have a, a purpose. And, yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. And I also thank all of us in this room that that is a, the most value of, like, God wanted us to be here, to hear your story, to think through what that means for ourselves mm -hmm. and what 
plan God has for each of us. And so yeah. I think that verse is spot on. Yeah. Oh, Thanks, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then from like, and I, of course, have learned a lot. Um, and, and just like, she's motivated like I'm always seeing her like she's always been like reading the word and like praying for us and I know she prays for us on her own but she also like she notices like if something's up or if I'm anxious or something like she'll just come up and pray and like that is that's awesome like to have a mother like that and just like she's there for me truthfully and so I want to be like that for Blake where it's like I can comfort her with just God's truth honestly when she's going through hard times and she can come to me with whatever and and know that nothing she will or will not do like will make her value lessen and stuff like that yeah I think that is an aspiration for all moms <laughs> like I do like when you're talking about yes. I'm like gosh I wish I was a mom <laughs> I need to be more like yeah. that mom like that I'm is, sure it's easier said than like, done but yeah but I was busy making dinner yeah. <laughs> and yes. I didn't get to that point yeah for sure I think that's a really good thing um in terms of legacy, too, is there anything else that you were thinking about how you were going to represent your mom or how you're going to tell your daughter about your mom or your story? I mean, I, I think just how kind of it was told to me, right? I mean, I have the stories, and, and I'll, I'll, of course, explain, like, what how that's changed my life, too. I think she needs to, to know that. <laughs> yeah, I imagine that will be similar, like you said, how you do it, that it just is the narrative of your life. Like, and right. I think there are people in our lives who are better about sharing narratives mm -hmm. than others. And yeah. so I think that's something for us to process and think about yeah. the stories we tell ourselves, yeah. the stories that we tell our children in that there can be positives within the negatives. And it doesn't yep. have to always have such a, or like the heaviness of things. Yeah. Like somebody passing away. There are so many positives that God can use in right. that story. Yeah, and I think, like, everyone has a story, and life is hard. I mean, like, everyone, I'm sure everyone in this room, like, you've gone through something really hard, and it's like, okay, like, you have to make a choice, like, and there's time for mourning, and I get that, but it's like, there there comes a point where you're like, okay, like, are you just going to let this, like, hinder you from, like, living out, you know, the life that God wants you to live, or are you going to let God use you through that and, like, share what he's, how, he, what, how he's changed you, basically, and how you know, he's changed your heart and, and kind of move on from that. Because I think, I mean, we all struggle and it's like, we all need someone like, like what I've gone through, I don't know if someone like has gone through this exact thing, probably not. But like in some way, if I could just help someone, that's great, you know? So it's like, just let God use like those hardships for the good. Yeah, I like that. Has there ever been time you felt guilt of not stewarding that gift well of I should say life, but in the sense of like, you feel like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing with yeah. the life my mom gave me. Yeah, I I think throughout like college, I definitely struggled with that. Cause I, I always like, I yeah, I don't want to like do something big for my life or whatever. So it was definitely always there and kind of a struggle. But I think just like through growing up and growing closer with God and uh, understanding my, my parents more and stuff like really helped me just be comfortable, I guess, and not feel like, stress about it and just let God do his thing and yeah. I don't know. Well, I think we sometimes can put a big emphasis on if I'm not doing this big, huge ministry yeah. thing or yes. if I'm not recognized in 50 different ways, yes. that what I'm doing isn't a value. Yes. And there is, there's just some value in being a good daughter and a good wife yes. and a good mother and the things that we do every day to serve each other. Right. That That is value, right? Yes. That is what God's purpose yep. for us is to be in the body of Christ. Yes, exactly. Just yeah. in your family and yeah, 
Well, good. I'm glad you don't have guilt. Because I, I think <laughs> when I yeah. heard that, I was like, I think I would take the guilt out of yeah. it. Like, I'm not creating miracles and doing all yeah. the things. That yeah. And I almost use it as just a motivator. Like, you know, yeah. okay, like, I, I got to do this. You know, I just got to live my life, that kind of thing. So using a good way versus, like, feeling scared or whatever about yeah. it. Well, I think that you being willing to share your story and being willing to be very vulnerable in your whole family. Everybody in your mm-hmm. family has just been so kind to share that and to be willing to dig into hard stuff is a very big blessing. I know every time yeah. you and I have chatted, mm-hmm. it's been a very encouraging and um, a be- blessing to me. And I hope for you all, that as you're listening, that it was a blessing to you. Um, Eric and I really do want to have a much deeper conversation about this. Um, unfortunately, with the time here, <laughs> we don't have a ton of time. We don't want to take up too much of your morning. Um, but we are going to do a part two on the podcast that goes into kind of more of the in-depth conversation on this. So if you do want to hear more about her story and hear more of maybe the emotional parts um, in depth. (laughs) I'm an open book, so sure. (laughs) Um, You can tune in on the podcast. There's cards on your table. Um, But I want to take a moment to pray for everybody before um, Allie's going to come up and give a lot more prizes. (laughs) So that's exciting. (laughs) All right, dear Lord, we are just so encouraged and thankful that you do write our stories and that you do, you are with us when there are hard things that have happened. God, I'm so grateful for Erica and her family. We're so grateful that you were with them during times of trouble and times of great joy. Thank you for the women in our lives who pray over us. God, there are so many that have just gone to their knees in prayer for their daughters, for their nieces, for their um, moms, for all of the other people in their lives, and we're just grateful for that, God. We do pray that the conversation today would be empowering and would be encouraging for us to become women who also pray, who also leave good legacies, and can really be people that would honor you and further your kingdom. And I'm just so grateful for that, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, thank you, Erica. You did a great job. Again, I just need to say thank you so much, Erica. You do such a nice job, not only sharing your story, but your family's story. And it really was a blessing to have you on the show. I need to say also another huge thank you to the ladies at ROL and the ministry there. Um, The event just was so phenomenal and I really appreciated being a part of it. Thank you, listener, for listening and tuning in. Again, if you want to hear more or the more uh, in-depth version of Erica's story, that'll be out next week. And if you would be so kind, wherever you are listening to this podcast, leave us a review, five stars, give us a little message, let us know you're listening. That would be awesome. I always appreciate you guys, and we'll see you next week. Mm